You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. Merry Christmas, everyone who's watching live on Facebook or YouTube this afternoon. It's obviously Boxing Day. Aston Villa have just secured another 3-0 victory. The fourth clean sheet in a row. Aston Villa 3, Christmas Palace 0. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. My dad texted me, he said, that's got to be one of the most accomplished performances I've seen from Villa. And I, I can't help but agree. I was, I was stunned, you know, in the context of it, it's absolutely stunned. But, you know, the, you've come to expect this from the, the Aston Villa of tw- um, late 2020 now. It's just business as usual. Fantastic. Yeah. What do you think, Matt? I've got a theory. I think it's this man. <laughs> I think it's David Platt. Because I haven't seen Villa win so convincingly on Boxing Day since I think it was 89-90, beat Manchester United 3-0 at Villa Park. Wow. And your man here was on target. And I think you giving me this for Christmas, Dan, has changed Boxing Days forevermore. <laughs> yeah, fine. I'll take it. I think it's a good look home. But that, it wasn't in doubt, was it? You know, nah. it was obviously, obviously scoring early helped. Uh, and what reward you get for scoring early? You get hooked off, don't you? Through no fault of your own. Um, <laughs> 20 minutes, half an hour later. But this Villa team name, and I'm just saying, I'm just joking to James that it's all set up for when we return to Villa Park. It's all going to go massively yeah. south. Um, but this Villa team, the old man, forgive me the old man thing, but there's a time as a Villa fan where you used to turn up every week expecting Aston Villa to win. Now you don't turn up every week expecting Aston Villa to win. It's just, it just seemed to find, find, well, I think it's quality. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to, to belittle Villa in terms of that, but seem to find a way of winning football matches. You know, Tyrone has got sent off. Mm. We'll come to that in a, in a minute. Got, got sent off today. You think, oh no, what, you know, shot ourselves in the foot. But, did it ever look like ten versus eleven on that? No. On that, Not like there are twelve people. Well, yeah. There's a comment here from Jack who said the expected goals were. We've got new graphics, by the way. It looks very nice. Expected yeah. goals are five plus ten men for forty-five minutes. That's so, unheard of. When a team puts in expected goals of five, usually you see that on a scoreline of about eight or nine. Like that's genuinely insane, and to think that Villa own. I say only only scored three goals against um, a full blooded Crystal Palace side. It's incredible. It's stunning. Like it's mind blowing. There is there are little few words I can use to describe it. It is a complete performance from the get go. And considering I said this to you, Dan, considering Villa almost got relegated, like very very closely <laughs> to yeah. getting relegated, that's like. It's something you'd expect from your, your Liverpool or Man City. And I, I am stunned that this is the same Villa team with a few additions, of course. It is the you know the same coach, uh, of, of course, with a few additions in Craig Shakespeare as well. But I've got no words for it. It's fantastic. This is the thing. We say this every single episode now. That I can't believe the turnaround since the, the start of 2020 to where Villa are now. And I think when we first started the season and we had a couple of good results, we were saying, right, is this the blip that Villa are performing well and it'll fade out? Or is the blip that Villa have a bad game? I think after we lost to Leeds, that mm. might have been. That was the blip. Villa are a good football side now. And I think our expectations just keep changing every week. We said earlier that you and me, James, before we came on air, that you said well, Crystal Palace are a good side now. Defensively, I don't think they were great. I thought they were quite shaky and they didn't really create much either. Um, I, like you said, Matt, I was never really concerned by them at any point. 
But if you said at the start of the season, you will compete with Crystal Palace at the end of the year and, and outplay them easily and be in a position where you'd expect Palace to finish, what, in that region between 10th and 14th, I would expect Palace to be around that area still. So for Villa to be better than that already, if you said that at the start of the season, you'd just, you'd go, yeah, of course, I'll take that. Whereas now you look at us and go, we, I mean, we joked about Europe a few weeks ago. But as, as each week goes by, you start to think, is this possible? Can Villa even... Can Villa make top six this year? Because at the moment, we're playing two points per game. Unreal. I can't understand. Especially, I think, the Mings um, thing. It's, you know, we speak about... Uh, I mean, we throw words around like liability, letting the team down. It's just like it was almost like the team went, right, we'll just play towards as good. Like It was almost yeah. like the best thing that could have happened. It, in the way the match went, it, it seemed like the best thing. I'm not saying he meant to get sent off to make Villa be better, but <laughs> it was just like the team... I, know, I saw a few tweets he was there doing his thing from from the director's box, shouting on the pitch, but they were just twice as good. It was just like they stepped up. And I mean, Courtney Hawes, Ezri Konza, the way every player stepped up, Anwar Algarzi especially, Dolly Watkins carrying on. Not, Matt Target, everyone, two or two a man, and even then mm-hmm. some, amazing. And, you know, the worst player on the pitch, one, one obviously the one who got sent off. So for obvious reasons, he was the worst player on the pitch, but everyone else, exceptional to a man. Brilliant. Have you got the league table we can see, Dan? I can I can get it up if you waffle for a minute, yeah. Well, I'll waffle for a minute because if you if you rewind back, far be it for me to be stuck in the past. If you rewind, re- rewind back um, a year, Boxing Day, Villa had beaten Norwich yeah. at um, a fairly packed Villa Park, if I remember, and it wasn't it wasn't the prettiest of, of wins, but it was just such a massive relief for Villa to to have got that result. So that left Villa 18th in the Premier League table. Um, Boxing Day 2019 with 18 points from 19 games. Uh, so we can talk all we like about the, the transformation, but the facts are that this Villa team is, is unrecognisable to me from the team that um, the team that squeezed that win against Norwich last year. And we talk, you know, I think James said, didn't he? There's been a few additions, but think about who those additions are. You know, it was interesting yeah. for me today. I mean, Martinez has not been been overworked particularly. But you know, still assured though, isn't it? But look, they got Jack Butland. <laughs> they got Jack Butland, you know, sitting sitting uh, uh you know not even on the team for them. And there was talk about Villa paying 30 million quid or something for Jack Butland. Yeah. You know, 20 million quid for for a goalkeeper in Martinez is, is a lot of money, but it's looking it's looking like a bargain. I think I think over the course of the season uh, Martinez will probably pick you know, get Villa 15 points or more. Um, Ollie Watkins, and I was glad that um, I was glad that Martin Kieran on, on the commentary gave Ollie Watkins the, the man of the match because he's just relentless, you know, and he's got he's got such a blend between the selfishness that a striker needs, but yeah. also the, the team ethic and, and and leading the line for the team. Um, His work you know, rate is excellent, and you need that when you ten men as well to stretch the game. And he never gave up. He was tireless, made all the right runs. He did. It was a perfect performance besides the goal from Molly Watkins there. Yeah, yeah. No, he made me fume earlier in the commentary when when the commentator and I think it's Guy Mowbray, wasn't it? The commentator and uh, and Keown said, you know, has he even had a chance? And I'm thinking, well, well, he has had a chance because he was the one who created the goal anyway. <laughs> Um, the, the first goal, and I just thought I thought it was brilliant. And seeing him interviewed at the end, he seems such a kind of understated young man. I think he knows he's good, but he knows that if he's going to kind of fulfil his maximum potential, he's just got to keep doing what what he what he is doing. Uh, 
and he, t- he he does seem to kind of treat the, those kind of successes and those frustrating games the same, and he just produces a, a, a level of performance even when he's not scoring goals. He shows his importance to the team. Do you I think mean, this is our most sorry, James? Do you think this is our most successful transfer window ever? I know, obviously, you've covered Villa for longer than we have, Matt. But as a fan, it feels like this is probably out. How often do you get a side where you look at every sign and my own thing? All of those have worked, even Traore now. I know that a few weeks ago, after, I don't know which game it was after, but we came on here and there's people slagging uh, Traore a little bit. And I was thinking, oh, I thought he was all right today. And he's, in the last couple of games in particular, he's been very good. El Ghazi stepped up again. Uh, Matty Cash, outstanding. Emmy Martinez, top-class goalkeeper. Ollie Watkins, Grealish's new deal. McGinn's new deal <clears throat> a little bit after the summer but I mean it wasn't really a summer window or was it that ended in October but do you know what I mean that window as a whole was exceptional Are you overlooking January 2017 and the arrival of Henry Lansbury James Bridge Merkel Johansson Scott so and so No listen you need players to in, improve your, your first 11 and to improve your squad and, 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 and Villa have delivered there um, you know it's just the names that you, you've reeled off or already become fans' favourites without any fans seeing them. You know, we love Ollie yeah. Watkins, we love Matty Cash, we love Martinez. Who's your um, favourite of the new signing? Have you got a favourite? And Ross Barkley's not played for our many games. <laughs> Forgot about him. Though. Does he even get I back in the the best bloody player? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who my favourite is, to be honest. Which one's got... I'm just trying to think which one will have the best chance when we get back in. Um, yeah, good point. They've all... They've kicked Villa on probably two seasons worth of progress to me. Yeah. I know we're only boxing day and we're halfway through the season and it could all go all go horribly wrong. But I didn't expect Villa to be winning this easily, to be keeping clean sheets this easily, to be scoring goals this easily. Um you know and it was it was good to see what it was a milestone match, wasn't it? Dean Smith's hundredth game and, and yeah. Jack Grealish's two hundredth game. Um, Dean Smith must be absolutely over the moon that he can see his team do that with ten with with ten players. Um, Jack Grealish again. I think you mentioned didn't you that little reverse pass for the one where um, oh. when Watkins has hit the post. Mm. That's, so beautiful. Beautiful. that's beautiful. I, that's beautiful. That's that's poetry in motion. That is, you know, it should be stuck on a canvas and stuck in a gallery forevermore because it's just it's just perfection. I was, I was writing a Facebook post when that happened in real time and I was watching with my dad and he was like, oh, you should have seen that pass from Grealish and they played the replay and I knew that Grealish had played it to Watkins, obviously. But the way Grealish was almost running away from the, the goal mouth, I was thinking, how was he even going to get it to? Because I'd not seen it for the first time. I was thinking, I don't know how, how Grealish even gets it from there to Watkins. He takes four, four or five Palace players out of the game with that ball and yeah. Everybody, nobody's seen that coming except Ollie Watkins somehow. Even he he knew that was coming, but no one else did. Only him and Jack knew that ball was going to happen, and it was inch perfect. And I mean, I got a bit of stick after the last podcast, and oh, I don't think Grealish did that much against Albion, despite making like 20 chances or whatever it was. I just thought he, he's had better games, whereas today you watch him and just go, oh my God, what, what a player, what a footballer. Yeah, just and he's still had better good. games than today. Yeah, exactly. He's just, just mesmerising. You know, yeah, to be able to, he's got all the kind of, you know, in in the Jack Grealish toolbox, he's got everything, hasn't he? Do you know what yeah. I mean? He can he can, he can do everything. Um, we're blessed. We're blessed. And I, again, it, it comes back to my kind of, and I think the commentator said, didn't imagine what the whole end would have been like today. Mm. You know, imagine. Imagine, just get us back in. <laughs> Not before it's safe, but just get us back in there because, you know, we're seeing a kind of a very, very good Aston Villa team here. Uh and the more 
performances like today and the more brilliant moments like the Grealish pass and the El Ghazi goal that we'll get on into a get on get onto in a minute, you know, God, I feel so jealous that we're not there. It's, you know, as much as I'm loving it, I'm, I'm hating it. You know, I'm infuriated that we can't actually be kind of saluting those moments in the flesh. But anyway, one thing about- that's off. Oh, perfect, man. I was just going to say, let's talk about a couple of moments. We'll start with the sending off. Now, first of all, the first little tussle, the free kick thing with Zahar, it's one of those where if neither of them were booked, you'd probably go, yeah, whatever, it's mm-hmm. coming together, doesn't matter. But it's also one of those things, they had a bit of a fisticuffs. They both get the yellow card. That's standard procedure. I don't really mind it. It's just what it is. The silly thing is the second one for Mings, and you think he's yeah. an international footballer now. You think he'd be better than that? I look at that, and again, it's a normal second. It's a normal. It's a foul, so it's a yellow card. It's stupid. He's just been booked for it. It's with the same player. He's giving him a bit. It's an obvious yellow. It's a red card, and I, as a Villa fan, hold my hands up and go, "Yeah, stupid. No mm. compliance at all." It's just as a harmony. He just seems to kind of press Mings' buttons. If I remember well, right, he's there, Greenwich, isn't he? Yeah, there's a bit of previous in the in the last game yeah. at Villa Park, wasn't it? the back end of last season? A bit of pushing and shoving and stuff like that. And it's just, I don't, I don't get why, why. Mings lets him under his skin. Yeah. You know, he's a, he's a good enough player. He'll do enough damage <laughs> with his boots without kind of letting yeah. letting him kind of wind you up. Um, yeah, because on the brink of half-time at 1-0, that could throw the game for Villa. That could really upset upset what Villa were trying to do. They're going down to 10 men, and, and if we'd have lost that or not or not won, you'd be going, oh, Mings is, Mings is throwing it away for us there. The fact it's not caused any damage today is, is great. The only the is Taro Mings, and the, uh, yeah. you know, you know, he could have, he could have undermined Villa. I mean, you know, to keep a clean sheet with with ten men. Uh, and well, when was he sent off? About ten minutes before, five minutes no, before. No, no, yeah, it was, it was like forty fifth minute or something, and then there was like four yeah. or five minutes added time. So he's let himself down because he's going to try and get back into a, a defence now that that looks like it looks as more solid than we could ever imagine, really. So, yeah. Courtney Hawes has been in for three of those four clean sheets. Cons is now back in. Mings has got it all to do, you know, and you'd probably have said start of the season that Mings was Villa's first choice centre-half. He's got yeah. it all to do to get back into that that squad now. Um, let's hope we don't get battered 8-0 or 7-1 or something at Chelsea and make it, make it easy for him to get back in. But, yeah, I think, I think it was foolish. I still think that I think the first booking was... Not harsh, but it was a little bit of nonsense, wasn't it? Yeah, but yeah. I don't, I don't really mind it. You see them giving all the time. I've, I've not got massive complaints. They have a bit of a little, little bit of a fight. They both get a booking, and you move on. And usually, that's the end of it. You then don't follow it up with the stupid foul minutes later and get yourself sent off. That's the disappointing part. Um, and just in terms of the suspension, we had a bit of a, just a guess last episode, thinking he was suspended anyway. This week, he will be suspended. Do we know whether it's a one game or for two? Yeah, because one, it, for two, it two, two yellows. yellows yeah, they confirmed it was two yellows, didn't they? Which is right because that second one was never going to be a straight red. Um, so yeah, doesn't the two yellows take him to five overall though? Is it not an extra game for that? Say it again. Because the two yellows takes him to five total, doesn't it? So is it a one game ban for the five and a one game ban for the red? Do we know it's that? Very, it's a very interesting point, James. It sounds like an idea for the extra question. <laughs> It's uh yeah we'll we'll do a whole episode on just suspensions, <laughs> but Tyron Mings has um obviously he'll be suspended for one game for the for the red card as yeah. you normally would be, yeah. but that's five total yellows now. So is that a second a second game missed? Do we know the FA rule book? Does anyone know that point? Does anyone the FA rule book can go do one anyway because I think <laughs> you know we 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 could have been we could have been here sitting here speaking about that bloody um the VAR non decision that called the ref over for a you know the non penalty but oh, um yeah yeah let's talk about that as well that was weird wasn't it just before Dan Torrens actually has um 
spoken on what he's done. He said, I put the team in a, a horrible situation. Well, sent you a message. He hasn't messaged you. He, he, he should have sent you a message considering <laughs> the previous. But um, performance of the season. He has tweeted, he's put it on Twitter, performance of the season, that second half. Lads were absolutely unreal. I put the team in a horrible situation and I take full responsibility. What a response. I think we all agree that he did because I was there shaking, considering, you know, being in being at Villa, um, seeing Villa in person in the last two games, the only the only person you can hear on the pitch is him. Like mm-hmm. so that is, you know, we'll worry when the loudest man goes off because he's dictating everything and um, you know, Villa didn't miss a beat. They stepped up without him. So yeah, I think I agree. Work for him to do, and uh, that's a situation, a sticky situation he's put himself in. Well, seeing as we don't care about the FA rule, but we'll just consult people <laughs> in the comments. Calm, <laughs> says it'll be two games. Ash Dawson says it'll be one, so that's yeah, that we're in the same probably. situation. Uh, it'll it'll be one or two. Yeah, definitely one or two. Um, <laughs> Jordy Villain says it'll be double jeopardy to punish him twice for the same yellow, so it only makes it a one game van. So that could be correct. He's definitely going to miss Chelsea, might miss Man United, but you look at it and think, well, Villa will just deal with it. Because they dealt with it today. Yeah, what were we going to say about that um, Matty Cash penalty shout? Yeah, not a penalty. Yeah. It's not a penalty. Well, I've mind that five times, depending on which <laughs> angle I saw it from, because the ball didn't move and then it moved a little bit. Um, it didn't matter in the end. Um, I, I, yeah. I think that's the first time, particularly in a Villa game, when I've seen them being called over to the, the TV to watch it and he stuck with his original de- decision. Yeah. On the on the pitch, he said no penalty. And whoever's in the VAR is going, no, I think it's a penalty. You should come and look at it. And then usually they go over, look at it, buckle, do whatever VAR want and give it. But he's gone over there and gone, no, it's still not a penalty. Goal kick and on with the game. I, <laughs> I like that. That's, that you was know, the, the correct use, in my opinion. They should call him over for a laugh and then just put play something different on, like the Vicarage Christmas <laughs> special or something like that. <laughs> Good. I think um, if he had given it, like first off, straight off the bat, like signal straight to the spot, I wouldn't. I would. I would be upset because you look at it and it's a bit. You know, there's, it's just a tangle, isn't it? There's no real intention to foul. It's just one of them blocks. Yeah. Um, but if he had went over to the screen, reversed his decision to to give it, then. I think I would have been especially angry because that's what we expect from VAR, just to interfere, like re-referee the game. I mean, if he'd blown the whistle there and then, we'd all be angry and annoyed, but that happens because it's football. I think it, it's that scary monitor decision when you go, you know he's going to overturn it. And, you know, fair play, he didn't. Uh, it was a few of the mistakes. I think, the, again, the Ming's first booking. Villa could have probably had a penalty for the same thing, uh, like a rugby tackle, it seemed, on Ollie Watkins. Joel Ward could have been, had a second booking. Uh, it's it's just all up in the air as refereeing. Rubbish, isn't it? Go back to uh, Mark Holder. What do you think of the second goal? It made me laugh the way he tried to slap the ball out from into the net. Yeah. Kind of, you know, it's like a dad trying to keep a beach ball in the pool. Um, Just kind of reach to kind of do this pathetic slap. Um, But Watkins again, you know, he's the. I feel I mean, so. What does he have to do to score? Like he's literally done everything right today. And it's just it's just not falling for him, and that's just the way it goes for a strike. Sometimes, I think after Albion or and after Burnley, me and Max Stokes were saying Watkins gets himself in the right positions, but he just doesn't doesn't quite get the the right chance. And if he if we don't create a, ch- a chance for Watkins, sometimes I look at him and think if we don't do something for him, he's not one to make a chance out of nowhere. Another game, as you watch him hold up the ball and fling fling it around a little bit, and you think, oh yeah, he can create a chance out of nothing. So I think today was just a perfect performance. Minus the goal, well, there's not going to be um, there's not going to be many Premier League teams down to ten men who have their centre off forward to nod in the rebound. Yeah, there. true. Um, and I think um, Mika Richards said, didn't he, at the end that uh, just the kind of Dean Smith mentality um, that you just don't protect 
You know, you don't protect a, a one nil even with ten men. You know, one nil is always a kind of scary scoreline. So you have to go and get more. Um, I forgot Villa. I forgot it was uh, it, Villa at a numerical disadvantage. To be honest, because they I said just, that in the commentary. I think they're like, you see that little red icon above yeah. above Villa yeah. on the scoreboard. That means Villa are down to ten men, but you wouldn't notice it or something like that. And you wouldn't. It, it wasn't an issue, luckily, and and that's why we kind of get away from it. Get away with it today. You just worry about the Chelsea game with Hawes and Conte playing together, but. Hawes has been very good. Conte was very good before his illness. So, in theory, they should just slot in and go, right, well, we know we're without Mings. We'll play this certain way, head everything away and see what happens. That red yeah. icon means the other team's in the danger zone. I thought <laughs> on. Like, I think we've said it over and over again. It was, you know, Villa might as well have had 12, 13 men, uh, especially when you've got like Jack Grealish in the, in the form that he's in, where, you know, taking five players out of the ball. Ollie Watkins... So unlucky because when if you think about it, guys, like Matt, he's had two goals just straight up taken off him for yeah. on on after the fact for no reason. So he should have two non penalty goals more than he has. So it's unbelievable because I don't I feel like he he maybe have come in for some stick against Burnley, less so against Albion. Um, he should have an assist as well because he's run for Bertrand Traore's goal to kind of take Sam Johnson's attention off. It was incredible, and he, he's doing all over again. You know, the the Grealish pass, the way Ollie Watkins' head is on a swivel, knowing it's coming, even though there's no way it seems that Grealish can pass. I feel like he, he's he's really coming along as a, a Villa stroke and a, a true Villa uh, number nine, Matt. He's got um, three assists today, hasn't he? For all the goals. Yeah, yeah he won't want um, them, though. He'll want, he'll want some goals. Well, yeah, because it's come off the woodwork, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And the... Um... Let's talk about the, the third goal then, because that was probably the, the biggest thing he did wrong in terms of his kind of heavy touch from from the Grealish pass. Well, I, I thought, because I didn't think the ball from Grealish was great, and I don't think Watkins was expecting it to reach him. That's how I looked at it, because he, almost, he almost seemed surprised. Slagging Grealish off again. Same, same <laughs> negative campaign. I mean, I'm actually slagging Watkins off, because I don't think he was ready for the ball, so I don't think he actually ready for thought the ball, was... ball from Grealish. Yeah, I did, yeah, I didn't think he was going to get all the way through, but he's done well to go up wide, pop it back off to El Ghazi, who had just loads of space just to do whatever he wanted. Palace almost just given up by that point. He just absolutely whipped it into the top corner off the post. I love a goal off the post, by the way. It's always better, isn't it, for some reason? I don't know why. Off the post or off the bar always looks and sounds better. What a finish, though, in El Ghazi. At one minute, we're all going, well, well, his, his Villa career is probably up now. That's it for El Ghazi. That's it for Trezeguet. Try a rail, come in and, and take one of their spots, and that'll be it. El Ghazi looks like a man reborn now. I don't know what I don't he's mean, dinner, but he's all over it. I don't want to make light of obviously a serious situation with Tyron Mings kind of jumping out to defend Al Ghazi, but it might be the other way around now. Al Ghazi's gonna have yeah. to like part of video going, you know, settle down, lay him off him, he'll come back better. But Al Ghazi, it's it's that villa mentality. I think you have your three character your four characters, even five, like Tom Heaton, Martinez, Mings, McGinn, Grealish, kind of being those steady pillars and everyone rises around them. It's 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 an incredible mentality from Pass down, obviously, from the coaching staff. I think you see the characters in the coaching staff, Neil Cutler, O'Kelly, Shakespeare, Terry, Smith, the way they kind of must have conduct themselves is treating the players like the leaders they are, the people actually in charge of the team, because you know they've stepped up again. I say it again to, to a man, absolutely everyone, Matt Target as well, like uh, someone accused last year of you know going off injured to avoid wingers running at him, someone accused from you know flaking out of challenges, running head first into Joel Wood, almost like pretending to be Matty Cash all of a sudden. So fantastic, yeah, the way everyone has stepped up amazing. 
Uh, Jordy Villa's asked, how many times have Villa hit the woodwork this season? Being our stat to know. James, do you know that? Or can you find out in the next couple of minutes? Just Because it seems like we have hit it a lot. Traore hit it, Traore hit it today, didn't they? Yeah, um, I think it depends on how they count it because it's, it's, it's obviously classed as an off shot. I mean, yeah, shot. that's a good yeah. point. Actually. This is unrelated to the actual match itself. But I've got a real pet peeve for a hit in the post being off target as a stat. Why is that? But it's not off target. Yeah, but yeah, but it is though. No, it's not. What? Come it's on, post. It's off target, isn't it? it isn't. <laughs> Dan, it's very obviously. If it hits and goes yeah, in, it's on target. If it hits and goes out, it's off. Yeah, but it's all right. So a goalkeeper could have a little pee roller collected into his hands that's got no chance of going in, and that's on target. But it yeah. could roll for the post. And not be on target. How you're is very, that not on target? You're very in danger of him going into the Arsenal meme of he's not 28 until he's, he's not 29 yeah, until whatever it is. You'll have, you have a new batch of reviews to print off about me after this episode, Matt. Um, <laughs> just, um, just as a slight aside, I'm just looking at Villa's defensive record now. Villa have conceded 13 goals. Is that right? Really? 13 goals in, Goal game. in 13 games. And that leaves them only second behind Man City. Wow. I believe. I think that's right. Is that right? Second yeah, best defensive record. I can't believe that. Hang on. There's people in the comments here going, it's definitely off target. Not my finest moment. What? <laughs> no, what you say off target. I don't mean to dig you out right on here, but like, it's not going in, Dan. I know, but I just think on target. <laughs> if it hits the post or the bar, that should be on target. Is my That should change it. <laughs> You know, it's bang. That's all it is. Like, like a off, as long as it hits somewhere on the board, if, even if it hits the kind of out, out the rim of the board, does that clash as a bullseye? Here's a question then: If a ball, if so, Al Ghazi's goalie off the post was that an yeah. effort on target because it went in? Of it was, but it hit the post. Yeah, but it, which part of the post did it hit? The man, it went in. Yeah, it hit the part of the post that made it go in. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. in theory, it's only a slight margin to say it could hit the post and go out, but it should still be on target. That's my point. Right, Dad, there's a bit of the goal, yeah. A bit <laughs> of the post that is facing into the goal and a bit that's facing out. So, it should still be on target. On, I don't man. care. Here we go. Richard Laws, he's with me. He says, the, the post is classed on target, he says, and that is right. That's how it should be. Stay sharp. Also says, of course it is. Love it. Love that. Tom Kelly says, the host has no clue. Many more impo- informed pods out there. Correct. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Yeah. Um, We'll move on from that. We'll finish with just with because we've got to wrap up soon. It's Boxing Day on board. I've got to finish my glass of cider. I'm not really bored. I'm joking, everybody. Um, <laughs> looking at the table, we've said a few times now, you look at Chelsea, Man United, and you think, oh, God, here we go. Like, that's, they're going to be difficult games. And you look at the table, and we're only behind Chelsea on goal difference, only behind Man United by two points. We've got a game in hand on them both. You now look at those and think, I have to fancy Villa here. Am I the only one here getting it? Oh, no, it's a little bit carried away, but. We haven't conceded a goal for four games. I think it's just if Villa kind of falter over the next two games, it's just one of those kind of weird festive schedule conflicts where you know you put in a, ma- a massive performance one day, the next day, the next game that comes up, it's completely opposite because that's kind of what the f- the festive schedule turns out for most teams. I don't think Villa are like most teams though this season. I think they're just whatever reason they're not incredibly different from last season um but they, they they've stepped up in massive ways um they're, they're still perform trying to do the same positive things it's just there's been an overall step up in, in what they were trying to do that naivety last season is is this season's formidable it's come back into fashion they're doing incredible things i've put something there's a, there's a a graph going around from 
our, our old favourites, Dan, uh, when we used to do the uh, match previews from Experimental 361. Mm. Aston Villa are putting up like performances at the level of Man City and Chelsea and Liverpool, and they're, they're performing as expected. They're backed up by every good metric you can use. So this isn't, they've not just pulled it out of thin air. They're, they're delivering, and uh, I think you know. Again, you, you could you could falter against Chelsea, you could falter against Manchester United, but if you look at where Aston Villa are in terms of the, the, the shots they're taking, the shots they're facing, they're doing everything right. They're taking good. Mm. Those, those shots aren't just um, pot shots from the halfway line. They're making massive chances, and when they're getting shots against them, they're making the team work really, really, really hard to score. So I can't pick a fault in this team, bar kind of the error from Tyro Mings, but then you go to what Matt said, Zaha just gets under his skin, he's going to do anything not for so Zaha doesn't score and that goes up to making a silly mistake and getting himself sent up just to not let Zaha get behind him, so can we, um, yeah, well done. Can we save these graphics for ABSC Extra, please? They're a bit, yeah, um, you're getting, do you know what you're you, looking at there, Matt? Do you understand it? No, this is, this is, this is my beer, Matt. Look. <laughs> my beer, beer, Matt. These are nice, aren't they? Oh, good, yeah. Let's get it back on topic. I wanted to end with a little bit of nonsense just to end off. Just why you mentioned Maker Richard earlier. I don't know whether you saw all the build up before the game. It was quite funny on match of the day. Um, Shearer, Richards, and, and Lineker. Um, they asked him how many um, pigs in blankets yet for Christmas, Mika Richards or Micah Richards. Do you know how many pigs in blankets yet yesterday? I guess. He's a big unit. 12. What do you say, James? 24. 16. 16. That's a lot of pigs in blankets, and it's 16. Like, I, don't know, I know there's more, but that's like four big sausages, I would say. Depends on... You <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know, five or six. I felt that I felt that was pushing it a bit. Yeah, but if your pigs in blankets are this big, and you technically had the same amount, it's an off-target off pig in blanket. <laughs> I want a two-foot pig in blanket, I think, or a two-metre pig in blanket. Oh, that now, do? Yeah, she forgot to defrost yeah. it. Um, so I'm still chewing on it. <laughs> nice. How was your Christmas, by the way? Obviously, we did our Christmas special the other day, which was very was uh, was a lot of good fun. How was your actual Christmas day? We've not spoke since because we've all had days off. I didn't have a single alcoholic drink yesterday. Did you not? Wow! I was just bloated. I just couldn't yeah. do it. Did you just you know, eat too much? Bloated. Yeah, trifle, custard, oh, so much breakfast. <laughs> Sixteen pig in blankets. You know all all the usual. Yeah. Um, how about you, James? Did you stuff it down your neck? Yeah, had um, is it a Mark Richards sixteen pigs in blankets or a Dan Dan Rollinson five or six? I had loads, man. I had, I had tons. Roast potato recipe was on point as well this year. I've uh-huh. uh, cracked it. A bit of uh, a flour and bicarbonate as well going going the scientific route. Uh, this nice. is getting boring now, but never never ever incredible. So so much that I've only today I've only had one bowl of um, mini shredded wheat. I've not been able to oh, really? eat any yet. I'm I'm hungry now. Talking about it, but um, yeah. Yeah, I've got to. You've got to whip me into shape in the new year, boys. So yeah. my baby cats come. So my puppy cats come back. I tell you what, we live. We live near each other. We should go running together. I'll take you well, for a run. You pass your driving test and you wear a mask. You don't. I don't. You can just come and pick me up. Just go for yeah. a drive, drive together. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'll drive. You run behind the car. I'll be like, I'll imagine, like a imagine, imagine Tanny. Tanny, imagine towing me behind your car. Bloody hell! Um, yeah. Are we done? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say, I want to tell you about my gravy Christmas gravy story, the oh, disaster oh of Christmas. 
It's different oh, gravy, isn't it, this story? Read about this yesterday morning, right? So I make this Christmas gravy every year with like the turkey giblets and the neck and everything and like onions every year. Let it stew for like five or six hours. Really, really nice. It's different to gravy you have all year round, like a classic bistro or whatever. Made it Christmas Eve. I was watching a film and I was like, now come and do it, like five o'clock. Let it stew all night till about midnight when, before I went to bed. Sieved it all out, all the all the rubbish, threw everything away, left it in a saucepan, put it on the worktop with all the other vegetables and stuff prepared, ready for Christmas morning. I still live at home, by the way. Sad, I know. I'm working on it. Um, come downstairs Christmas morning, start to get things ready at like 10 o'clock. And I shout up to mum, she was getting ready. I was like, mum, where's the, where's the Christmas gravy, mum? And that silence. I'm thinking, oh no, what's happened? And she comes down and goes, oh, was it in that, that saucepan on the side? And I was like, yeah, why, where, where is it? And she's like, oh, I thought it was rusty water, like dirty, like a dirty water in the pan you just left on the side. And I was like, no, that was the gravy. She was like, oh, I poured it down the sink this morning. And I was like, oh, my God, all that hard work, gone. So we had to like, scramble around like an hour before, like trying to make something like with like chicken bones and stuff. It just, just wasn't the same. She she ruined Christmas for me, basically. I was literally, I was on I was on FaceTime and I was I was heartbroken when I found out. My face must have just been a, a right picture. She's just, oh yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I just thought it was just water. I just left on the side. I like, Why so, do I leave it on the side? Are you saying that your mum is Tyra Mings and you're the Aston Villa side stepping up in the second half? In that she's putting a blunder, yeah, about yeah. to pick it up. Oh, I had to save. I had to save Christmas, basically. That's what I had to do. I just had to find some ingredients and save Christmas. So I got got there in the end, but that was a disaster on Christmas morning. Um, so yeah, that was my Christmas. Started poorly, got better. Much like Aston Villa in 2020. Brilliant. What a analogy that was. <laughs> you go yeah, go. Go on, John. What are you drinking, by the way? Great. Is that the it's gravy? gravy. <laughs> it's the gravy, yeah. It's gravy. I got it out of the bin and wringed all the onions dry. No, well, um, just threw it away. It looks a bit like urine. It's a cider that I got for Christmas. I had like a little gift set of them. Um, someone said, grow up, it's only gravy. Exactly. It's Christmas, mate. Jeez. Exactly. Um, it's a Chaplin's and Cork's. Uh, cider and it's eight point two percent, so it's a strong one. Um, but it is Christmas, so yeah. I'm going to go and finish that and go back to the festivities. Um, thank you, James, and thank you, Matt, for both joining me. We'll be off for another couple of days. I believe we're back for the Chelsea game on the 28th, so two days. We don't get much of a break, do we? So we'll be back on Monday after the game. Uh, to talk about the the win against Chelsea, which I'm predicting. Um, and then we'll be back again on New Year's Day, I believe, for Man United. So stay tuned with the Carton Blue podcast. Thanks, everyone, who joined us live on Boxing Day. There's been a lot of viewers watching up to 900 at one point, which I think is possibly a record. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, up the villa. Up the villa.